Welcome to our third episode of the Financial Intuition Podcast, where you can find your inner financial intuition, one money topic at a time. The goal of the podcast is to educate, inform, and engage our audience with tools and resources created to help them make more informed financial decisions. These tools and resources can be found on our website at consumerfinance.gov. You can also click the link in the show notes below for more information. This is the third episode of a three-episode money management series, which focuses on, one, financing your future and how to pay for higher education, two, managing your money as a young adult, and three, understanding and protecting your credit. Before we get started, I'll read our Consumer Financial Protection Bureau standard disclaimer. This podcast is being produced by the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. It is intended to generate discussion about understanding and protecting your credit, the questions asked, and topics discussed or developed in coordination with the presenters and may not represent the Bureau's policy on any particular matter. Any opinion or views stated by the presenter are the presenter's own and may not represent the Bureau's views. Nothing said in this podcast by a Bureau representative constitutes legal interpretation, guidance, or advice from the Bureau. Hello, everyone. I'm Brian Stone. I'm a policy analyst in the section for students and young consumers. Our section creates tools and resources for those working to help students, young adults, and their families manage their money, build credit, save or pay for college, and repay student debt. Today we have Melinda Crows. Uh, Melinda leads the implementation of in-person and virtual training services offered through the Credit Builders Alliance Training Institute, in addition to managing the development and expansion of the CBA's core supplemental curriculum. Prior to joining the CBA, Melinda worked at the University of Chicago's Financial Education Initiative, writing a financial education textbook for high school students. Additionally, she spent over 15 years developing and managing financial wellness and match savings programs for low-income individuals at Heartland Human Care Services in Chicago. Melinda is a licensed social worker and holds a master's in social work degree from the Jane Addams College of Social Work at the University of Illinois at Chicago. She receives her bachelor's in art and psychology from the Trinity Western University in British Columbia, Canada. We're excited to gain insight from Melinda on understanding and protecting your credit. So without further ado, let's hop right in. Welcome, Melinda. Hi, Brian. Thanks so much for having me. Let's start with you telling our audience a little bit about yourself and your work. Sure, sure, happy to. So, um, as you mentioned, my name is Melinda Crows, and I'm the Training Institute Manager at Credit Builders Alliance, or CBA. So, CBA is a nonprofit network that's focused on helping our members bridge the modern credit reporting system and help the millions of individuals with poor or, or no credit participate in the financial system by building strong credit scores. My role is in providing training and consulting services to help people better understand and build their credit. Thank you. So as we all know, you know, credit is an important topic. How do you normally explain it and break it down for your clients? For sure, for sure. It, It can be a little bit tricky. And what can be tricky about it is that when we talk about credit, the first thing a lot of people think about is debt. But credit and debt, they're not the same things. Uh, We definitely want to use credit responsibly and as a tool that can help us get access to financial products and services that we need at the lowest cost possible. So when we think about credit, we're really talking about a few different things. So one, your credit history or your credit file. 
two, your credit report, and three, your credit score. And I'll just briefly explain each of those things. So your credit history or your credit file, that is a record of your transactions that you make involving the use of credit. So that could be um, things like a charge on a credit card or a loan that you're making a payment on. Uh, and I like to use a little bit of a comparison between um, uh, some, some academic terms that you might be more familiar with. So one way to think about your credit history or your credit file is like a grade book that has all of your assignments recorded in it. And it shows your entire reported history, not just any one assignment or test. And then from there, we move to your credit report, which is a record or snapshot of your credit history at a specific moment in time. So there's three major companies that generate credit report, and those are Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion. And the information that you have in each of your credit reports from those three credit bureaus may, may not be exactly the same. And young adults who are just starting out and who have not used credit yet will likely not have any information on their credit reports until they open up uh, a line of credit, like a credit card or a loan. So after you get that credit card or loan, you'll start to see those accounts show up on your credit report. And then going back to our academic comparison, so your credit report is kind of like your school transcript. It's a record of how you've managed each of your accounts over a limited time frame. And then from there, we move to the credit score, which might be something that you're more familiar with or you hear about or maybe even talk about with your friends. Uh, and your credit score is a summary of your credit report boiled down to a three-digit number, number that we compare to your GPA or your grade point average. And this number is designed to illustrate for lenders and businesses the likelihood that you are going to pay them back and that you're going to pay them back on time. So a person who doesn't have a credit report, you're not, you're not going to have a credit score. Um, but if you do have a credit score, there's different scoring systems, and it's important to understand which each, which each of those means. The most commonly used credit scoring system is 300 to 850. If you have an 850, uh, that's really, really excellent, and you're doing really well. You're going to get approved for any loan. You're going to get the best interest rates possible. So the higher your score is, the better. So the credit score has five different components to it, and those are payment history, credit utilization, which basically means the amount of debt that you have, the length and age of credit history, credit mix, and inquiries or your applications for credit. And all of those are important, but payment history or how you pay your bills and the credit utilization or how much debt you have, those are the most important components of, of your credit report and your score. So that's the three main things that we think about when we're talking about credit. Right, right. Yeah, that's uh, definitely, um, I know when I give financial education classes, especially to some of our uh, younger folks, I always talk about thinking about your credit score, credit report, kind of like your adult report card. So it's a transcript. Exactly. And for college students. I love that. Yeah, that follows you around. You know, you take your classes, um, they show up in your transcript, and then you get a GPA. And, you, you know, some GPAs are better than others. But, um, yeah, yeah. I, I think, like you said, it gives our young, young people a sense of how this, this 
tool, which can be complex at times, actually works. So, no, that's great. Um, I know one point I did want to bring up, I think you mentioned about the scoring models. And so, um, there are three major, major credit bureaus, Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion, but two, I guess, predominant scoring models that are out there. Um, would you mind speaking a little bit more about those two scoring models? Sure. The two major scoring models are FICO and Vantage Score. Um, most commonly used is FICO, but Vantage Score is growing in popularity as well. And both of these scoring systems will be used by the credit bureaus. And within each of these scoring systems, they each have different variations. So it's like whenever you get an update on your phone um, or a new model is released, there's going to be some updates and there's some upgrades and it will work a little bit differently. And that's kind of how the credit scores are as well. So you might have a credit score, uh, let's just say for example, it might be Experian and it might be a FICO 8.0. And your credit score might be 780 with that credit score. But then you go and you look at your TransUnion and it's also a FICO 8.0, but they factor in um, different, different things a little bit differently. So with that score, you might be at a 760. So it's a little bit different, but that's nothing to be concerned about. That's just normal because each of these are different companies and they're using different data points and prioritizing them a little bit differently in order to calculate the score for that particular scoring model. Great, okay, so what are, and you mentioned a lot, but what are some important aspects a, about credit that a young person should be aware of? Yeah, thanks for that question. Um, I was thinking this through and I was thinking about all the different misconceptions that I hear about credit when I'm talking to my friends or my family members or uh, even, some, even some young folks in my family. Um, and there's a few that I think really, really need to be clarified. So a lot of people think that paying their monthly bills, like their rent or their utilities or their phone bills, they think that that helps them build credit. And those items actually are not gonna show up on your credit report or be factored into your credit score at all unless they end up in collections as a result of non-payment. So in order to build credit, you do need to have a line of credit um, that reports to the three credit bureaus. So that's an important distinction to make. Your rent and all that, your phone bill, it's not going to help you build credit. Um, another misconception that people often have is that they think that if you check your own credit report and score, that your score will go down. And that's just not true. When you check your own credit, that's considered a soft inquiry, or sometimes it's called a soft hit, um, and it doesn't impact your credit score at all. Your credit score will only be impacted when you make an application for credit, um, and that could be applying for a credit card or a store or through a bank or a credit card company, or it could be something like applying for a loan. I also often hear people who might be struggling to pay their bills. They talk about um, skipping payments on their credit accounts or being late. And we would really, really encourage folks who are struggling to reach out to their, to their lenders and explain their situation to see if any other kinds of accommodations can be made before they're late um, or before they skip any payments. We don't want people to be doing that because whenever you skip a payment, you will see a really significant drop in your credit score. Um, it can even be up to 100 points. And then remember that the lower your credit score is, the riskier you will be seen by lenders. And that means that creditors may charge you more in interest uh, and you'll also get those late fees and things like that. So that's, 
important to always pay your bills on time if you're able to. So those are some of the few key points that I think are really important for a young person just starting out with credit to know. Um, there's also so many great resources out there, including those offered by the CFPB, where you can learn a lot about credit. And I'd encourage folks to learn all they can before they start using credit so that you are well-informed and prepared and can make the best decisions possible. So along the lines of credit and, you know, building credit and the uh, five aspects of credit that you mentioned before, is it necessary to have a credit card to build your credit? And if you do, how do you use it? What's like, what's the proper way to build credit? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's not necessary to have a credit card, so that is probably the most common way that people go about using credit. Um, so some people don't want to have a credit card because they are afraid of overspending or getting into a lot of debt. Uh, so there are other ways to build credit. Um, so something, uh, a, a product out there is called a secured credit card. And a secured credit card means that you make a deposit first of, um, it's usually several hundred dollars, and that's kept in an account. If you don't pay your bill, the bank will use that money to cover your debt. Typically, the secured card is a starter product and used by people who who don't qualify for an unsecured card. An unsecured card is what we generally think of when we think of a credit card. It's uh, a card that you don't have to put a deposit down on. Um, but with a secured credit card, if you pay your bill on time each and every month, you'll likely be able to graduate to an unsecured card after about six months of use, depending on the lender. So that's one way to build credit if you're um, maybe nervous about getting into debt. There are some other good options, like um, a personal loan or a credit builder loan um, that you could use in order to, in order to build your credit score. Um, uh, folks might also want to look up something called social loans or lending circles and rent, re rent reporting, uh, as those are newer options that, that can be useful in building credit. Yeah, yeah, and on the credit builder loan part, I know we just published, recently published some research um, that spoke to credit builder loans, and we will make sure to link to that in the show notes. Yeah, we'll transition uh, to utilization, which sort of goes back into those, uh, those five components you mentioned, and it comes up a lot, especially connected with credit cards, and someone might get a credit card and not fully understand how to use it. So let's say, for example, a bank says, you've been approved, your credit limit's $1,000. And, you know, that first credit card in the minds of some young people, it's like, oh, this is free money. This is a free $1,000 that I get to spend. Mm -hmm. But how would you tell a young person to use that first $1,000 credit limit or how would they responsibly use that card and not cause future harm, mm -hmm. I would say? Exactly. That's a great question. So sometimes people think, I have that $1,000, I'm going to spend it all, and that is absolutely not what you want to be doing. Um, so we want to be focusing on building our credit score in the best way possible, uh, and that means that we're going to keep our utilization rate low. So the term credit utilization is just kind of a fancy way of saying, like, um, how much of the credit that you have available to you are you using? And then we would break that down into a percentage. So if you have that $1,000 credit limit and you're spending $300 on it, you are utilizing 30%. That's your credit utilization rate. So we know that people with the best credit scores are keeping their utilization low. 
Um, so you do want to be using that credit card because you need to generate activity in order for there to be a score. So going back to some of our academic examples from earlier, like let's say that you're at a class and it doesn't have any assignments or anything due, uh, like you're never going to get to a 4.0 GPA if there's never any assignments due. So you have to be using that, uh, turning in assignments, showing that you can responsibly use your credit card each month in order to um, build your credit score. So like some of the examples that you gave earlier, like maybe putting your gas for your car or a streaming service or a small purchase onto that credit card and then paying that off in full every month is a great way to build your credit, but also always keeping that credit utilization low, especially when you're trying to build your credit. Um, and a good rule of thumb that many people follow is keeping your balance below 30% of your available credit, but even lower is better. Um, and again, making sure that you're making those payments on time, otherwise you're gonna get those late fees uh, and it's going to negatively impact your credit if you're 30 days or more past due. Okay, great. Great, and so once we sort of get to that point, so we have the card, we understand utilization, uh, how do we make sure we're using the card, we're paying it off every month like we're supposed to, how do we make sure that the information is being reported accurately. So like when you our balances, our usage, and it's accurately reported in our credit score. And then if it's not, like yeah. what should we do? What should we do, exactly. So hopefully folks aren't running into um, things being inaccurate yet at this point, but that does certainly happen. So you can access your credit report from Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion at annualcreditreport.com. Generally, those are available to you once per year, but due to COVID-19 and the current crisis, you can actually get one of those reports each week from each of the credit bureaus. Um, and we would recommend taking a look at those to make sure that everything is accurate on them. So you wanna make sure that your name is spelled correctly. Um, and whenever you're applying for credit, you also want to use your full legal name as well. Otherwise, that can create some confusion. Uh, there's a lot of people named John Smith or Jose Garcia out there, so make sure that you're using your, your full name, your birthday, social security number, or ITIN. Um, and you also just want to make a habit of checking it regularly. It's not something that you need to do every day or every week unless you have some serious concerns. So uh, I like to recommend that um, folks put a reminder on their calendar uh, to check it about every four months. And as it turns out, we've got President's Day and a lot of people have a long weekend that around that time, so you might have a little extra time. We've got Memorial Day and we've got Labor Day. So for me, I just put it on my calendar for those weekends and I make a point of checking my credit each of those, each of those weekends um, and to make sure that everything is accurate. Uh, there are also other services that can be used as well. Some of those are free and some of those charge money, uh, but we'd really recommend that you get in the habit of checking your own credit and keeping on top of that um, because you want to be on the lookout for identity theft uh, and making sure that everything that's on there is accurately reported and belongs to you. If you do find that there are some incorrect items on your credit report, um, you can do something called filing a dispute and that can be done through the annualcreditreport.com website um, or through other credit education sites. Uh, you can also mail in your dispute to the credit bureaus and that is a free service that you can take advantage of. 
Yeah, and I think it's pretty important to highlight free. So free at annualcreditreport.com. Yeah. Yes, you don't yeah. have to put in your your uh, credit card information. It's not like a free trial, and then we'll charge you after right. you know the first week. Completely free. And so um, because what we do see a lot of times is that people don't fully understand that they could, uh, you know, file these disputes online or file them by mail and then they see a service that says, hey, we can do it for you. And it can get a little murky in that, uh, you know, some services, not all of them, but we'll tell a consumer to send them money and they'll resolve the issue. And then, you know, the consumer will make payments to that person or company and then, you know, the issues don't get resolved. So I uh, want to be very clear, something you could do yourself, and that's the way annualcreditreport.com is set up uh, for, you, for ease yep. of use and you to be able to see your credit report and then, again, file those disputes. So. And so if there's one thing you would want our audience members to know, what would that thing be? And maybe there are a couple of things, but we'll just say one. But if you have more, feel free to. Uh, uh, I might have more than one. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there's, there's really three kind of important points. Like, if you don't remember anything else, write these three things down. You need to have at least one credit product open that you are using in order to generate activity, um, and uh, that will help to build your credit score. If you're using a credit card, you want to keep those balances low at all times, if at all possible, and pay your creditors on time each month. We can't emphasize that enough. Make those on-time payments. If you don't, uh, there are serious consequences that will co come from that. Again, thank you for joining us today, Melinda, and sharing your expertise with our audience. We also appreciate our audience for tuning in. To stay connected, please visit our podcast page on consumerfinance.gov, and so you don't miss future episodes, sign up to be notified of new releases. So today we heard great advice from Melinda on understanding and protecting your credit. To recap for our listeners, we would like you to walk away with the following takeaways outside of everything else that was mentioned. Um, so understand that there are three major credit bureaus, Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion. Additionally, how scores are calculated and that scores are unique to each bureau. Understand tools and tactics to build credit. Please check the show notes for additional information. Last but not least, understand how to file a dispute, to pull a free credit reports, to file a consumer complaint, fraud alerts, or credit freezes on your credit report. And as always, remember to continue to develop your financial intuition and learn money management lessons you can use now to help you build the future you want tomorrow. Thank you.